Russia. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics. I'm joined once again by Chris and Obi. You alright guys? Oh, too bad mate. Good, good. How are you? I'm fine, a bit sunburnt, but hey-ho, that's what you get for not putting any sun cream on. Silly me, my mistake. Um, so today we're doing another deep dive into famous Hollywood actor. Um, one which... I've probably seen more new films of this person, you know, films I'd never seen before. Whereas when we did the Will Smith one, I was basically rewatching ones that I'd already seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. today we're talking about Charlize Theron, who's a South African-born Hollywood actress. Um, she's been in lots of things, which we will discuss. Um, but do you guys want to talk, first of all, about the most recent one, The Old Guard? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Obi, you, you, you said, and I quote, this film bangs. So, what bangs about it? Um, well, what's it? It's a film about four or five immortal people who have kind of, like, been um, fighting injustices, I guess you would say, throughout time. Um, we're not sure how, exactly how long they've been about, but we know it's been at least a few thousand years. Um and they all have like a special connection with each other so um when one of them uh when a new immortal person appears they all um dream of like they all like dream the same dream so they can find because they're supposed to find each other in both comments um and then yeah they basically um get into a fight with a pharmacist or whatever the fuck he is a biochemist or something like that um who's trying yeah. to he's trying to exploit their powers, abilities, or immortality, I guess, to, um, uh, for profit, basically, so, like, for medicine, to, like, improve people's lives and um, stop people from suffering, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the film itself, I thought was, <laughs> I thought it was sick, I'm not going to lie, I, proper enjoyed, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I watched the trailer for it, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be, be a bit of me, like, something that I, really, that I would like. And, yeah, it didn't disappoint me at all. Um, I liked, I thought the fight scenes were really good. And I think they, they did a thing where, like, that I feel like I haven't seen much before, where they incorporated a lot of teamwork into the fights. Like, mm-hmm. um, the four or five of them, uh, depending on which scene, like, using each other's uh, moves, basically, to, like, play off each other and keep hitting the, hitting the bad guys, which I thought was pretty sick. And I feel like I haven't watched any before that before. Um, and um, so I'm getting some getting a bit better. You keep breaking up a little bit there. One second. Technology, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, teamwork. I mean, I remember the scene. You know when they go to. Um, is it Sudan to try and rescue the cat, what, who they think are captured girls? And then yeah. it's, it becomes a bit of an ambush. And then they all get killed and then obviously come back to life. And then there's like parts where, you know, one would punch and then like throw another a gun. And yeah, it was, it was quite well choreographed. I would agree with you there. Um, yeah. And it felt like, well, to be honest, I don't know if this is the theme, but with another Charlize Theron movie. But it felt like quite like a John Wick type style type of fighting. 
um, mm-hmm. just in the way the the way the stunts are filmed, um, yeah. which I enjoy because I like John Wick. So I don't know if anyone involved in John Wick was involved in this or not. I don't know if anybody knows that. I don't know, but I think John Wick has definitely upped the game in terms of action set pieces. I mean, we talked about Extraction a couple of months ago and how there was very much John Wick-esque style there. It's the, the, the focus is more on actually seeing the fight rather than cutting really quickly where it becomes incomprehensible of what's happening. Yeah. I think. So, yeah, I think, yeah, like Atomic Blonde is, is a, a lot more John Wick-esque, but there was a lot of kind of stylized similarities here to John Wick um, mm. and Atomic Blonde. Um, but what did you think of the actual characters and the actors that played them? Like, how how did you feel they did? Um, acting, I thought, was pretty pretty good. One thing I like about Charlize Theron, I think she's really versatile. Um, yeah. So I feel like she's the sort of actress who actually, literally, you could throw any role at her and she would do well in it. Obviously, you get um, maybe like uh, I made a complaint about um, was it Kate Winslet? I think we were thinking about doing Kate Winslet. Nicole Kidman. Um, Nicole Kidman, that's the one. Um, and I said she plays kind of like similar roles in the, all the films that she's in. So I didn't really want to do. I didn't really want to watch films of her multiple times. Do you know? Whereas mm-hmm. with, with Charlize Theron, I feel like um, she's definitely a lot more diversified in the roles that she plays. And I don't think I've watched a film i've watched quite a lot of their films and i don't think i've watched one and thought i don't believe you kind of thing yeah um she fits the role very well yeah, yeah she gets into the role it's like proper gritty isn't it she like proper emulates it I, I think what i mean i'm going a bit broad here but what i noticed from all the films i watched of her is that she's not afraid to kind of take the like the less glamorous role with regards to whether she's the villain or her character's a bit of an asshole, or she's the one that is ultimately going to die first sort of thing. Um, and that was similar here, because you sort of got the impression that she's now not immortal, um, whereas the rest of her kind of colleagues are. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris, what, what did you think of this film? Did it bang, or was it, you know, all right? I thought it was a good film. Um it's a different, a different um, take on someone who's immortal as well. Um, I did think for characters who know they're immortal, but at any moment could die, they're a bit stupid to put their body on the line quite a lot. Like they would happily get hit. I kind of thought, well, if you don't know when you're going to die, you should probably hold off getting hit. <laughs> um, that that yeah. would defeat the purpose, though. Of the whole story. <laughs> Call of no. Duty respawn, isn't it? Well, that's that's the point of the story. But the fact that the fact that they they they're willing to just put their body on the line to like get hit and stuff when they could they could probably avoid getting hit and still be immortal. But then I suppose the story is that one person's taken over from another person, aren't they? They've got a new person. Yeah. To replace the old person. But I, I liked it. There was a lot of storytelling in it, which was good. Like about like why she's so didn't like to express herself quite a lot and that that friend she had for years who got burnt to death and like how she'd been tortured basically because like they drowned to death huh drowned to death yeah yeah and so they were going to get burnt weren't they and she was like that's going to 
people and then they were like, now we're going to drown you and it's like, shit. That was actually kind of, when I saw that, I was like, damn, that is a horrible way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to keep going. What, something that kind of confused me a bit was that obviously, well, I don't know how old, I, I think the, I think her name's Quinn, um, the one that was drowning. She seems to have been around at a similar time to Charlize Theron's character, Andy. So if Charlize Theron's character's immortality is running out, I was sort of a bit like, well, how come Quinn, who would probably die every few hours for hundreds, if not thousands of years, like how is she by the end of it? I don't think I don't think it's a thing where like if you die a set number of times, then you, suddenly you die. I think it's just a thing where when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah, I agree. Um, you don't know when your time is. Okay. Speaking of which, did you guys notice that um, you know the the um, their mate who died, the one who the only one who actually died, I think his name was Lycon or something like that. Yeah, is he the one? Is he in um... Mark Ward from Top Boy? Yes, I, I yeah. recognised his face. Um... Sorry, yeah. Carol. I... I mean, I'm probably a little bit less uh, thrilled with this film than you guys. I mean, it wasn't a bad film, but I just thought, considering, I mean, I think the the premise is really good. Like, you know, obviously immortal people kind of, yeah, going through history and, and kind of keeping people safe. I just feel like they didn't really choose a particularly interesting time period. Like, considering, you know, you get throwbacks to during wars or crusades or Napoleon or whatever it is they reference, like even kind of more kind of Mulan looking set pieces and stuff. I thought all of that probably would have been a lot more interesting than, than kind of the modern day setting. Um, And even that it was, it was more, they were being hunted rather than they were the ones doing the protection that makes sense yeah so this whole kind of thing about oh yeah you know they under the radar go and help people and and you don't really see that it starts with them kind of coming together again and then under this guise of yeah they are going to go and help someone and then it's like oh they got double crossed but other than that then they're just sort of on the run plus trying to find this pharmaceutical guy i don't know it just that kind of felt a bit kind of formulaic and and I think there were more interesting things that they mentioned throughout, you know, as, as like background. Um, and considering these characters are so old, I don't feel like we learn a awful lot about any of them, to be honest. Like, we know about some of the actions that they've done, but as actual people, like, they're all quite, you know, you don't, they was all quite superficial, in my opinion. Um, I did like the the diversity um, of it to me that didn't feel forced um, it felt quite natural I don't know what you guys felt about that um, but you know it's always good to have representation within these sorts of films kind of Hollywood Netflix blockbusters that's going to be seen by a lot of people um, but I don't know yeah if it was fine I thought Dudley Dursley was a bit kind of pantomime-esque but yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that thing from Harry Potter? Yeah. I knew I recognised his face. Oh. Yeah, doesn't he? Shit. Yeah. Dudley Dursley. He reminded me of, he reminded me of Ramsey Bolt, like a rap, crap version of Ramsey Bolton. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's I the only thing I didn't like about it was the villain. I think the villain was uh, maybe the. I think just the actor wasn't great. Um, I think the whole idea of it being like there's a pharmaceutical company trying to use their powers for their own personal monetary gain. I like that idea, but I just think the actor itself was not good. Do you know what I actually thought was going to happen and would have been a really good twist is that when he falls out of the window, he comes back to life. And oh, like, so cliche if that was to happen. Get I know, but, been like, jokes. but oh. either like he'd found, because, you know, he takes a lot of their DNA, either he'd found a way to engineer it or he was just unbeknownst to him was, you know, someone yeah. else. Like that, personally. I'd, I would, that would have been, that, I, not that I probably would have liked that, I'm not going to lie. It would have been interesting. But I liked, um, I like the way he died as well, to be fair. She just fucking shoved them both out the window. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. <laughs> and I, I, I thought it was dumb, yeah. I'll say to Chris, I think the only thing I thought was dumb was that they kill him and then they literally get in a car and drive off and the police drive straight past them and no one bothers to chase after them. Yeah, that's... that's I thought that was dumb. Um, I thought I enjoyed it. Even I even like the fact that, um, uh, obviously, they all feel they have, like, a duty as, like, to protect humanity and whatnot, but uh, what's his name? Booker was like, "I want to die. Like, this is I'm I'm I want to wrap this up. Like, I'm done with this." So he's looking for a way to die because I get it because he's been alive for how long? I don't know how long he's been alive. Yeah, I think he said 1800s or something. So 300, 200 and something odd years. And he's even he was talking about how um, about his family and how when he reveals a secret to them. Um, they would ask him to share it with him and then when he when they realise they can't, they will resent him and blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, eventually that's going to take a toll on you. I guess it just did for him sooner than all the others. I think, I think they could have explored that more though because when, you know, he double-crosses them, you're sort of like, oh, I do get it, but I feel like it was, it wasn't as if like throughout the entire film he was like, do you know what, I'm not, you know, not feeling this immortality thing. You know, there was one or two little mentions, but, yeah, but if he says that, then they might clock on. So, like, you've got to have a bit more... You've got to have that, you've got to have that ambiguity ambiguity about it. Otherwise, mm. otherwise, you could suss out the film straight away. I mean, when it was down to the last two of them and you saw the dud gun, it was pretty obvious. But, like, up till then, did you really suspect someone to set them all up? No, no, but I if, didn't. I didn't. But if they'd given hints that they, one of them was fed up with being immortal, then you probably would have been like, all right, something's going to go on here. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's. I think they did. I think that personally, I think they did the film quite well in in terms of how they made it quite unobvious how things were gonna transgress. Um, and I like the fact that that with all the testing they did, they still didn't really find an answer. Um, but what was I gonna? Uh, One thing I was gonna say, Chris. Sorry to interrupt you really quickly. Um, uh, go for it. Is I like. I don't know how you guys saw it, but do you think it was a thing where it's like, because um, obviously uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character had like that board where he's shown all the stuff, like they saved this person and this person went on to discover penicillin or whatever, whatever, you know. So mm. do you think it's a thing of like divine intervention and like something is telling them we need to go to this place and save these people, and they just happen to, because whoever's telling them to do this knows that this person's going to be doing whatever in the future or do you think it's about coincidence i wasn't quite sure i did sort of initially when i saw that think it was sort of like some sort of divine intervention because i know that that they mentioned 
that Andy is considered a god in some or was at some points throughout history. And I was thinking, oh, maybe she is in some respects because, yeah, there, there was focus on like, yeah, she, you know, save this person and that led to this and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's also what could have been explored a lot more. Um, mm. And again, I don't know if they'll pick that sort of thing up in a sequel, but yeah, there was a lot of more interesting stuff that was mentioned in passing that I would have probably rather they focus on. I, I, I do worry about a sequel because I feel like they've done so many things good, in my opinion, that the, a sequel could make it so crap. Like, they could do things so wrong with a sequel. Like, they could... Like, in my mind, the, the way forward for a sequel is, because of that very ending part, is there is going to be some... This woman's obviously going to have some angst with... Uh, with uh, Fron's character mm. and then they're going to realise she's dying or something but like I don't know the, I reckon they're going to figure out a way to make her not die anymore or some bollocks some kind of transfer of power or some bollocks at some point <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, just, I thought it was yeah I was like, I liked that um, Quinn was actually alive I had a feeling that she would be alive yeah. I liked um, that they made this so she's alive so that you do leave it open for a sequel I think if they do a sequel I would I would like to see more flashbacks I think they will do more flashbacks yeah well I mean that's the thing they've literally got a thousand years worth of stories that they can tell so it doesn't even have to be a direct sequel it can be a prequel or apparently they're looking to do more of a prequel than a sequel Mm. okay I'll be it yeah um this film is described as a superhero film so considering we had you know, a superhero specific pod a couple of months ago. And one of the questions we were debating was what makes a superhero film? Do you guys see this film as fitting within that? Or was this more of a sci-fi sort of? Mm, I don't know, you know. I reckon you could consider, if you someone said to me, oh yeah, this is a superhero film, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with them because it's like a team, of an immortal team of four to save humanity over and over again oh, that's pretty superhero like it's it's kind of mad what i just don't I, in my mind i don't know what superhero is anymore then because i don't think immediately that's someone immortal is a superhero no me neither and that's the thing like i i wouldn't i don't watch this film and think yeah it's a superhero film to me it was more like a sci-fi or yeah, yeah like yeah sci-fi thriller um you know, because then you can start. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other examples, but I wouldn't. I, it, it didn't feel like a sci-fi film to me. To be fair, it just seemed like an. To me, honestly, like I think the the immortal thing was just an add-on. I just thought it was like more of an action film. Mm. If I'm totally honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's just because I've seen so many superhero or immortal being films. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just gets in a category all, all to itself, really. Yeah. So that's, we'd... that's the second time she's been an immortal character, though, that I know of. Oh, yeah. Hancock. What's the first one? Hancock. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she likes being immortal. <laughs> Do you guys, did you, any of you watch Hancock for this or remember it from when we did the Will Smith one? Do you want to mention her performance at all? Um, I I just remember. Well, I watched it 
a few months ago, like well, I said a few months ago, probably about a year ago. And I think I just remember saying that if this film come out like 2020 or 2019 or whatever, then I think it'd be a lot better received than it was when it first came out. I think her and Will Smith play good um, co-leads. I think they have good, I think they have good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, obviously, the, obviously the film has its flaws, but it is enjoyable. I think it's just like a, like, like you say, it's like a off-brand superhero kind of thing. And I think that would be much more appreciated now than it was before, you know, we had all that MCU and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I can't fault her performance. I think it's a really enjoyable film. I think one, one thing about her films is that I haven't watched one and thought, oh yeah, this is boring. Okay. Well, let's, let's well, dive into uh, some other... Uh, what are you going to say, Chris? Well, I was going to say, I've watched it the most recent. You're not even going to ask me, mate. I asked it as an open question to either of you. Let me finish. Do you even let me go, just go on to the next one, it's fine. I don't much. know. Tell us, tell us about it. No, that's all right. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you can go for next first, next time, Chris. Um, what, what, have, what else have you watched of hers then, Chris? Oh, don't do that to me. Hold on, let me get the list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I watched The Devil's Advocate. Okay. And it's uh, it's it's predominantly a, it's predominantly about um. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that one either, Siri. Uh, it, it's a film in. It was done in 1997. It's a supernatural horror film. It's not really though. They say it is. It's not. Really. Um. But it's based on Keanu Reeves' character, and he's like this lawyer who's never lost, right? Always win. And Charlize Theron is his wife, and then they he gets offered a role in the city because obviously, like, he's got such a thick career that he's never lost. Even cases, even cases that he didn't, even, no one thought he'd win. He just wins all the time. And then um, go to the city, and all this like spooky stuff starts happening. And then Charlize Theron like goes a bit mad. She's like out, weird like, and she's like, it. She just got. She just goes. To be honest, like, it's it's a good film to watch, and she she does really well. Like, like like having this. She's like all happy go lucky, and she she just goes nuts, and she just can't. She keeps telling them like, we got to like we got to leave. I'm going crazy. Then uh, Al Pacino is his boss, and like Saint, Saint always goes funny when Al Pacino is about, and like she then starts going on about how like she slept with Al Pacino, and like um, she's had his baby and the baby's dead, and like Keanu, Re- Keanu Reeves' character is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like this isn't true, and then like there's a real gory scene where she's like in a hospital. And she locks herself in the hospital room, smashes the window, and like slits her. I think she slits her own throat. And it's pro- it's like a proper powerful like little um. What's the word? Does a very good performance. Basically, it's very good performance. And that's her that's her role done in that film. But she's in it for the most part of it, and she's quite a pivotal character because it then leads the main character to think, "Oh shit, thanks, wrong. What's going on here?" And one plus one finds out Al Pacino's his dad and he's the devil, so. Ah. Twist. Uh, it was a good okay. film. That does sound quite interesting, yeah. Mm. 
it's old though, so you got to like, you just got to get with the fact that some of the things are probably. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good film. Good film, and she she does a fantastic performance. In it, I, I personally think so. Yeah. Did you watch that one, Obes? No, because it said uh, horror, so I said nope. Skip that. <laughs> okay well talking about a fantastic performance um she actually won best actress for her portrayal of eileen wernos in monster from 2003 um did we all watch this film yeah uh, this this performance along with um another one i'm sure we'll talk about in tally she isn't afraid to like she put on weight for this film mm. and, you know, and same with Tully. Um, so she puts herself through the ringer. She's a little bit, I guess, I don't want to say method in that, in that regard, but she certainly takes it really seriously. She had, I think she wore like prosthetic teeth and she shaved her eyebrows as well. Yeah, for she was it. unrecognisable in this film. Yeah. yeah. She, well, yeah, just, yeah, look grim. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a really powerful film um she's uh a female serial killer but you know the, the film kind of kind of controversially portrays her in a relatively victim victimized way um quite a i don't know what the right term is but it was sort of showing that that you know she wasn't just a, a crazy serial killer that like she was you know she been assaulted a few times and had like a terrible upbringing and you know her, her part sort of bear bear yeah. yeah he goes with like, scum of the scum gets assaulted and uh, you feel like she's taken most of it for most of her life in the yeah, in the documentary they so they tell you she's been assaulted bear that's nasty hey documentary yeah there's a couple of documentaries on um on, on amazon prime this is based on a true story yeah yeah. Shut up. Yeah. She's the f- she was the first female serial killer, like, world known. Oh, oh wait. What, what? Amazon Prime? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm watching that tonight. Hey, that is mad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you guys thought about the the kind of the depiction of her. Because you sort of think serial killer and you think, okay, well, why why are they portraying her in, like, a... I don't know what the right. I can't think it's, of the word. I, I don't think it's. I know wrong, what you're trying to say. I don't think it's wrong to feel sorry for someone who's been abused, and that's mm-hmm. what you're getting at. Like she's, she's obviously been abused. Like, didn't they say to begin with? Like she wanted to be an actress, and then it just pans to her basically sucking off a dude or something. Yeah. It's kind of, you feel sorry for her in the sense that she never achieved her goals, and obviously yeah. she's succumbed to prostitution because no one's helped her or no one like, i.e., loves her. Mm. falls in love and there's nothing she can really do about it but then on the other hand you don't feel sorry like you can't feel sorry for the point at the point where she kills someone mm. like you can have a i suppose you have a bit of understanding that someone first guy anyway her. i did i felt sorry for her because he was gonna kill her yeah the, it got it got a bit mad when she she killed that like friendly bloke yeah and, like she didn't need to she could have literally just left him there yeah so like that's it is it the word I'm trying to think of. It shows how something... How do I put it? Because it's not little, is it? Like, Obviously, it goes from self-defence, although she might have gone a bit too far to shoot the guy several times, the first victim. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it goes from self-defense to actually then being a serial killer and just killing someone for yeah. money. She basically, she basically uh, she robbed. She did. She robbed someone, didn't she? And I don't even. She, actually, I don't even know if she did because I don't know if she took anything off him. The last guy. Well, they well, she took his car and all that stuff. Yeah, so, oh. But like, I was going to say, the um, uh, with what Glenn's saying, the film does make you f- kind of feel sympathetic towards her because it's a, it's a girl who, even from the start of the film, they show she had dreams of, you know, uh, maybe being an actress or being swept off her feet by a man and then straight away it goes into, you know, her being a prostitute, her getting slapped around and whatnot, her um, being a prostitute and whatever, whatever. And it kind of shows her falling into uh, murder. Not falling into, but, you know, obviously the first one you could say is self-defense. And then uh, from there onwards, it's her just trying to get money so she can um, live a nicer life with her girlfriend. Whereas if you went by, if you just didn't read the, if you didn't watch the film and you just read the story, it sounds like this girl was abused. Um, Obviously something becomes, she becomes like a bit fucked up mentally and, it causes her to start um, murdering men because men have abused her all her life. So yeah. that's, a, yeah. that's the more, um, so yeah, the film does take a different avenue to maybe try and see her side of the, maybe not her side of the story, but a more sympathetic view rather than watching a film where, um, watching a film where you just don't care for this character at all. I think there is an element of trying to get you to empathize with yeah. the character. Yeah. I guess, I guess in a warped way, this film shows that serial killers are human beings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that there was reason they had lives before and they, there's a maybe in some cases, a reason why it happened and continued to happen. Like, I know you've got some very strong feelings about Selby, haven't you, Obi? Um, oh, yeah. Christina Ritchie's character, but you know, even at the end when, um, when Selby's recording the phone call um, and basically uh, Eileen realises this and then admits to being the only person involved to kind of mm. clear Selby's name, you know, mm. it's sort of like she did it out of love and you do, well, I do believe from this film anyway that Eileen, you know, did love Selby, whereas yeah. I don't think it was particularly uh, reciprocated um, yeah. But I, I think that is also testament to Charlie's Theron's performance. You know, I think we do. Well, certainly I have been a bit snotty about certain actors winning awards because they've put on weight or lost weight or, you know, cut their hair or whatever. But I feel like on top of all of the kind of physical transformation she went through, the fact that she's playing a serial killer, you know this and still you're sort of like, oh, do you know what? She's actually really sweet in some ways you know mm. i think that's a testament to to theron's performance uh, as well yeah to most it was only for me uh i don't know if you guys feel the same but the, the only point i wanted her to get caught was when she killed the guy who was being nice to her yeah yeah, yeah. Was, oh, okay she got to go now yeah at that point i thought i thought she'd taken it she'd almost gone one step too far because you could always yeah. like the at some points it's not. I mean, it's not right, but at some point you could just be like, "Ah, oh, it's an eye for an eye kind of thing." Like these people are taking advantage of the situation. So, I guess so. So did she in a way. But like when that guy was just trying to help. 
And yeah, I know. It's just um, whatever. Actually, what happened? Still, oh no, because she did let one guy go, didn't she? There was like a, a bigger, bigger bloke in the car with her, and she was trying yeah. to like get him yeah, to yeah. rub up, and then she kind of realised, didn't she, that he wasn't a nasty guy? Yeah. And she let him go, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, in the film they they make you think that in her mind um she's yeah like you say she's trying to give them a reason to attack her so she feels justified in killing them yeah obviously that guy didn't give her a reason so you're thinking okay she's not killing out of cold blood or she's not killing out because she likes killing she's yeah. trying to justify her killings if that makes sense she, like you don't think she just likes going out and killing people you know yeah i agree it's almost like a uh, it's almost like you the TV series is like a modern day remake of it. Yeah, I get that. Too fair. So the actual Eileen Wuornos claimed that all her victims had either raped or attempted to rape her while she was servicing them and that all the homicides were self-defence. Can I interject oh. really quickly? Yep. So I just wanted to give her a couple things that I wrote down because I didn't want to forget. So um, fuck Selby. She's a lazy cow. Um <laughs> Honestly, she fucking pissed me off. She did absolutely... Oh, mate. This film was basically Thelma and Louise, but Charlie Theron's character was Thelma and Louise. It pissed me off. <laughs> Just get yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no work whatsoever. And she was like, oh, I want to go. I want to make friends. Get a fucking job then. Your cast come off time ago. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> God. I'm angry, mate. Damn. Mate, honestly, you need to start freaking again. It, <laughs> it winds up, yeah, when you've got like a... A story of two people who are like ride or die, yeah, but then one of them not committed. Like, well, then you're not ride or die, then dickhead. Anyway, um, <laughs> in the documentary, um, she almost uh, got out of prison due to a mistrial because Hollywood was trying to get the rights to the story, and there was rumors that police were paid off to give their encounter of the story. And if that, those had been proven, then she could have gone for a mistrial and maybe gotten herself out. Oh really? Wait, so mm. wait, 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 wait. I'm confused. So, if if the police have given their eyewitness statement to the film, she could have had a mistrial. If they pay, if they were, if they paid them for it, because they weren't supposed to give, they weren't supposed to tell these Hollywood writers about the about the case. But if, but apparently Hollywood tried to pay them for it, and if they find out they paid for it, I think obviously that's against police, whatever, whatever. I imagine it's against some sort of oath, probably, and so. They could have gone for a mistrial and got her out. Well, damn. Mm. Um, she was offered. She wasn't offered life in prison instead of the death. She was given straight death penalty. She wasn't offered life in prison, but Ted, Ted Bundy was. That's really? Uh, yeah. Sexism in the in prison. Um, the bit in court right at the end where she says like "fuck you, judge," and I hope your children get raped or something like that. That bit's true. That's bit that actually that bit actually happened. Uh, what else? What else? What else? So she was, ex- she was executed a year before this film was released. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so, so she she's fully dead. She's fully dead now. Then she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. Oh shit. Two thousand two, I think. Was it two thousand two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the film makes out that the first kill was self-defense, and obviously she she says in her original trial that it was self-defense. But in the doc that I watched, when she was like, I think it was a year away from death, she'd been on death row at, for 10 years at this point. She then Wrong. said that she was lying and she, um, she only said that to try and get off, the, get off um, 
of that uh, charge. But um, the people who the people who documented that, who made that documentary, they suspect that she was just trying to say that she was lying so that they would hurry up and kill her because she'd been on death row for so long. Okay. Um, and I think that's it. And she was raped multiple times by her grandfather, her brother, and I think her father as well. Rob, are you serious? That is grim, man. Well, that wasn't explored too much in the film. I think they may have referenced something, but... That's, man, allow it. There's some fucked up people in this world. Don't allow it. Honestly, the girl, you heard about like, all the stuff that happened to her when she was like, she didn't stand a chance, man. Fucking hell. Mm. That is actually like fucking mad. Like, I'm actually fuming. Like, oh, mate, it makes me sick. Monster was directed by Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Who's the um, who's the studio? Who did who did it? Uh, production. Uh, well, she produced it herself. Charlie's the Ron. She's oh, wow. got a company called Denver and Delilah, um, that produces a lot of films that she's in. Um, so Monster was the first one, like Young Adult, Dark Places, Atomic Blonde, Tully, Gringo, Long Shot, Bombshell, Old Guard. So she'd be like Will Smith in that in that sense. Then. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Maybe she just took a bit longer to actually start up her own one than he did. Well, 2003 is still quite early. Yeah, or maybe, maybe I should say it again, because she's been in such, she's been in a shit ton of films mm. compared to Will Smith. So maybe she just put herself out there a bit more. Yeah, she seems to work quite a lot anyway. She's, a lot of, she's always in some sort of film every, every year. Um, and she sort of flips between like the franchises and then, like, kind of smaller, you know, independent movies or, like, you know, comedies. Because, you know, obviously she's in Fast and Furious 15 mm. or whichever one it was. Um, <laughs> and she's going to be in the next one. Um, and she's yeah. in Mad, Mad Max, Snow White. I mean, which which other ones have you guys watched? Quickly, sorry, before we move on. Because yep. um, you just talked about franchises, Glenn. I just want to ask a quick question. Do you think... Because someone said this, and I kind of agree. Do you think that she would have made a better Captain Marvel than Brie Larson? Yes. Yeah, I think so, to be fair. That's not hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, def- I could definitely see that. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, Carol. But yeah, just wondering which, which ones you want to tackle next. I mean, she got another Academy Award nomination for playing someone in North, Co- uh, North Country. I, had, I, I didn't see that. You watched it? Watched it, yeah. What was that like? What's it called? Uh, say again. What's it called? North Country. Oh, okay. Um, so it is based on a true story, um, and it's about I think, I think it's the first. Um, it's about the first um, class action lawsuit um, for sexual harassment that was ever um, that case that was ever won. I think in the United States, I believe. Um, what does class action mean? So that's when multiple people have this, are um, are on the same case, basically. So multiple, so like twenty women come forward and say we've been sexually assaulted at X company, rather than just one person. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she plays she plays a character basically who um, she gets out of an abusive relationship. 
this is, I think, set in 1989, I believe. She gets out of an abusive relationship. Um, and, like, one of the first things that happens is when she goes, she goes back to her mum and dad's house and her dad says, oh, what did you do to set him off kind of thing? So that kind of shows you where, what the mindset is of pretty much everybody at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants to be independent so she can uh, feed her kids and stuff. Um, she's got two kids. And um, so she gets a job at the local mine, I believe. And um, his, her dad works at the mine and he's like proper against it because the mine is a working man's place and no place for women, blah, 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 blah. But this mine has just started hiring women because I think they had, they had to by law. So these women, uh, there's only like maybe like 12 of them, I think. They get like abused day in, day out, like sexually, uh, verbally, uh, all sorts. And basically, Charlize Theron's character is the only one who wants to do something about it. So when she sees something happen, she tells the, her manager or his, or his manager. And basically, everyone thinks of her as a snitch, says, oh, and basically they treat her worse because she is trying to get people to change the culture of what, of, uh, what happens in the workplace for, for these women. Even the women are also like, oh, we've got it good kind of thing. We're getting paid well. Don't mess it up for us. We can take a bit of abuse. Da, 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 da. But she's like, nah, this, like, this can't run kind of thing. And she basically spends the whole film uh, going back and forth, trying to get uh, better rules in place. She even goes to like the, the workers' union who don't give a shit about her. Um, and then she just ends up getting more and more, more and more abuse. Like at one point, I think uh, the women in co- collectively get abuse. The um, someone smears shit all over the women's changing room. Um, someone comes in another girl's jumper. And, <laughs> Honestly, it's oh, fucking what? wild. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> and then... Um, this is based on a true story. This is based on a true story, yeah. Right. Um, and, yeah, so what? So there's this one guy called... I think his name's Bobby or something, played by Jeremy Renner. Um, and she was, like, his old high school boyfriend, who you think um, is the father of one of her kids, but you don't actually know that. And basically, he's, like, the lead, like, abuser, like, tries to get... Uh, her to have sex with and stuff like that grabbing her and groping her and all sorts and then when she like tells on him he like um grabs her and shoves her in like some coal or whatever and like strangling her kind of thing telling her to like shut the fuck up and you know get with the get with the program kind of thing and like that for that her for for her that's the last straw she then hires a lawyer played by woody harrison and um, decides to uh, sue the company and obviously she struggles to find, I think the judge says, get three women to come forward with you and then I'll take this case to trial kind of thing or I'll, I'll uh, judge in favour of this case. And she really struggled to find women who would side with her because obviously they're thinking, if I do this, I'm going to get more shit at work or I'm going to get fired, whatever, whatever. So mm-hmm. understandably so. She didn't have a lot of support in the beginning. And yeah, it kind of just goes through goes through the motions a bit you obviously get a few emotional bits here and there her friend gets like a life-threatening disease i can't remember what it's called like lou gehrig disease or something like that um and eventually she gets taken her dad at this point her dad as well is like super against her kind of thing but then um only after his wife leaves him because of the way she's treat he's treating charlie theron's character he then decides to come around, which I thought was a bit stupid, but anyway, he decides to come around and be on his daughter's side, blah, 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 blah. Gets revealed in court that um, Charlize Theron's character was actually raped by her teacher when she was 16 or whatever. Um, 
which is the child that we thought was um, the, the Jeremy, Jeremy Renner's character. We thought he was dad. But he actually got raped. And Jeremy Renner's character saw it and he tried to use it as evidence against her to prove that she was like a promiscuous character instead, like, so that to uh, make the theory that she was inviting sexual advances rather than just being sexually harassed or abused at work. Okay. Um, but then he he basically gains a conscience and says, oh yeah, that's not what happened. She was raped, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then um, that realisation makes like three, four, five other women say, yeah, I want to come forward and say that I've been sexually abused at this place, blah, 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 blah. And then they get uh, like a small, small settlement. I don't think it's very big, but it sets precedent for, you know, loads of sexual harassment cases in future. So they can use this case as um, evidence that, oh yeah, we want X, Y, Z because this happened in 1989, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Is, is it worth watching or, or like, I mean, not, I mean, obviously it's an important film because of the subject matter, but is it done well? I think it's done quite pretty well. Would I say it's worth watching? Yeah, but I think you'd have to be in a certain mood to watch to watch it. I would say. Sounds quite heavy. Yeah, it is it is. I mean, uh, I was just looking it up on Wikipedia, and it's uh, directed by someone called Nikki Caro, who's going to do. She's done the most recent Mulan film, um, mm-hmm. but another female director. And you know, I think certainly. I mean, we say back in two thousand and three, as if it was like a hundred years ago, but. You know, six, 15, 17 years ago, she worked with two female directors. And I think, you know, female directors weren't, I mean, they're still not, you know, um, still, still not loads of them. But the fact that she's worked with two um, back then who are now kind of being recognised for like bigger blockbusters and things like that, it, it, you know, shows that she's, you know, championing kind of not only female directors, but important female narratives you know um especially with north country um so i mean on the surface it sounds like it's got some similarities with a most with another theron film bombshell did you go to see that at cinema did see bombshell yeah and she was nominated for that as well um yeah so i mean is it is it just is it quite reductive for me to say they're similar because they're based on sexual harassment Kind of lawsuits or uh a little bit i think the well <laughs> in uh what's it called bombshell the sexual harassment is it's a lot of like um maybe what's all i want to say show not tell is all no tell not show okay yeah so you don't see really much sexual abuse going on but you hear about it and you obviously you see the reaction of women afterwards. Whereas in North Country, you see, you see a lot of it <laughs> and you see a lot of the other sorts of abuse that happens, like verbal abuse. And obviously, you know, like I said, about wiping shit on the walls and all stuff like that. Whereas uh, in Bombshell, it was a lot of um, even the thing where like um, the, women, the women weren't allowed to wear trousers, they were to wear skirts, like stuff like that. And okay. the head of the company telling or he had to like not inspect, but he told all the women he interviewed to like turn around so I can see your legs kind of thing and like pull up your skirts or whatever, whatever, so that I can see how well you'll be judged on TV, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, I think he just wanted to see a bit of, bit of leg. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so there, obviously the subject matter is the same, but there are slight 
slight differences, which I imagine is just a change of the times, because I imagine you wouldn't get many people in 2016, I think, I'm sure we're saying, in 2016, you know, nutting on on their female colleagues' jumper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> would, I, think, I don't I, think they'd be that brazen. I think we're also at a stage in, in film where, like you said, you don't actually need to show an assault mm. for, for you to kind of hammer home that it's happened. Mm. Um, I think it can just be just as powerful. Um, you know, you don't need to see women in those sorts of positions on camera uh, yeah. for a narrative to sort of hear about that. Um, okay, so we, we've talked about her three nominated or well, Oscar nominated performances. Um, have, did any of you watch any films she's in where either the film wasn't very good or she wasn't very good? Um, uh, oh. Snow White, Huntsman. Yeah, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say that film's, that film's crap. <laughs> the film's crap, but is she all right in it, or is she's she... fine? She's fine in it. The film's crap, though. Okay. It's only one I thought. The film's crap. I was gonna say, a million ways to die in the West. I haven't seen it. Giants. Yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> uh, such a shit film. Again, her performance. It, it. She performed the character well, as far as I remember. I didn't really watch it. I just remember the film being quite trash. I don't. I don't know if I. I think she's that funny. I, I don't in know. General in that film. Of, well, of the comedy films I've seen her in, I don't know whether I'm. I don't know whether the films have just been bad and she's not had great material to work with, or whether like she doesn't deliver them as well. I mean, I'm not no acting coach or anything like that, so you know, obviously big pinch of salt here but like yeah a million ways to die in the west gringo like yeah she's not funny in gringo that was it, yeah her character was again i don't know if it's the writing or what but her character wasn't funny it was more just like let's see how over the top she can be and you know there's that one line it's like oh grab yeah, grab the, grab this by the nutsack or something yeah to some of the investors um you know just like you know it's crude and whatever which can be funny but i didn't find gringo funny at all really um no. i thought that film was pretty shocking and i actually didn't mind it I just, it's not good but i didn't think it was terrible i just feel like and again you know i think they were trying to do it for laughs but the film itself was just offensive on so many levels to like so many different types of people. Like there was jokes about like fat people and about um, you know like women, like and then like minorities and everything. I was just like, it's twenty eighteen. This film came out. Like you don't need to, you know, you can find comedy in ways of other than being offensive to other people. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I was like not was not funny um all of the characters well most of the characters were just, just awful <laughs> just hated them what, what was that glenn gringo oh it's the one where um david oh yellow's character is working for joel edgerton's company and, and they're like selling a, a pill of marijuana now and and then it's oh, i thought all... you talking the, the i thought you're talking about ringo you know the little the lizard character. Oh no, no Gringo. Yeah, and um, he, he ends up being kidnapped, or he tries to fake his own kidnapping to get money because he realizes that 
his boss is an arsehole and is exploiting him. And then he actually does get kidnapped for real, I think. And then Joel Edgerton's brother tries to kind of capture, you know, rescue him. And it all just got quite convoluted and it wasn't very funny. And I was like, God. Yeah. Damn, Spurs are smashing it, boys. Oh, fuck. Boo. Anyone got any good news? Um, I watched... um... Uh, I actually did watch another Charlize Theron film, although she didn't. It wasn't her face. Is the is the Adams family? Okay. The cartoon remake. Um, I mean, it's a children's film, so you got to take it as a children's film. But I must admit, I laughed a few times at it, and I was very surprised. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can take someone's acting credit from a cartoon. But, I think so. I think you can sort of, you know, the lines are delivered in a certain way, you know, comedic timing, I don't know, yeah, different types of, you know, inflection on the voice. Like, if everything she said just was like this, then you'd well, think... Well, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult, because obviously the Adams Family, they are meant to be quite static in their tone. Okay. Um, who she plays, she plays Morticia, Morticia Adams. Um, but, uh, obviously... Like the story's premise is that um, I think it, it's more focused on um, oh, who's the fucking daughter? Wednesday Adam. It's more focused on Wednesday Adam, the daughter. Okay. Wants to go to school to see what it's like, see how because um, obviously they think they like everything dark and gory, and she wants to see the school. So she ends up going. To and there's like a side story about how the son, uh, is it Pugsley, Adam, is like he's got his uh, recital for being uh, being initiated as an Adam. Um, and yeah, it's just an interesting story, really. And you kind of, and then there ends up being a woman on woman in the in like I, I'd call it the real world because they live on the top of a mountain. And no one really bothers them, but there's a lady in the in the town who wants to get rid of them because they're going to ruin her cells because they're so dark and gory and all this stuff. But yeah, it's a funny little watch. Well, funny moments in it. I, I'm, I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia. This film cost twenty four million dollars to make. That is dirt cheap for an animation. When you got Tangled, costs over two hundred. Yeah, look at the look at the shapes and look at the shapes and faces of the characters though. though. I don't, I'd say that they are all. I thought they're all like just round characters. They're not, are they really? Um. Hmm. Yeah, and it made two hundred three million. So in box office, so yeah. For them, I think they're thinking of making a second one. No, well, yeah. if it made that much money, then why not? I mean, if you look at her filmography, she's pretty much been in at least two films every year. Apart from the odd occasion, she she's very you know she works hard. She works, I, you know, I, she... I forgot she was in the remake of the Italian Job. Mm. Oh yeah, I watched that as well. What do you think? Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, pretty predictable, I think. But yeah, that aside, yeah, it's entertaining film. I, um, I watched Long Shot. That's another film where she's not yeah. hugely funny. Um, the film itself is. I like that, that funny. film though. I think it's. All oh, right. I like... I like the film. Yeah. Mm, I wasn't that impressed with it, I don't think. Um, 
I also watched her in Dark Places. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Which Good. I thought it was it's interesting. It's um a, a, a Gillian Flynn kind of novel turned into a film like Gone Girl. Um, I won't give the ending away if you're going to watch it, Chris. Um, but essentially, um, she plays a woman called Libby Day, who um is like the one of the only survivors of like her, basically her family were like massacred. Um, and it's been pinned on her brother, um, and he's in prison for it. And then she gets contacted by these like amateur kind of people that open cold cases, and, and like they try and basically they think her brother's innocent, and she's just she's like this broken woman because obviously like her whole family died, and then her life's just kind of not gone great since. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, can you give us your, you know, account of what happened? And she was have only been like six or something at the time. So she's like, you know, he's in prison. He must have done it. And, and then it kind of explores that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's got some, you know, decent performances. Like she, again, is like quite an unlikable character. Um, it's got Chloe Grace Moretz in. She's hit girl. It's got um, Nicholas Holt in it, who's from Skins and kind of the X-Men films. Um it was an, it was quite you know it's quite a dark kind of you know grim film um it didn't do very well critically or commercially but i thought it was all right actually um the yeah that's that's all i'll say about it yeah yeah i mean it's it's not a hugely long film so worth watching um and then i think you've watched this one as well Obi. um tully yeah, I like Tully. I was really pleasantly surprised at this film. Mm. One of those, and I was like, "Oh, probably not my sort of thing." It's about well, give us a what's, give us an account of what happens in Tully. So Tully is about um, a mother, Charlie Theron, who I think just has a baby. She's got so now she's got three kids. One of them, I believe, is autistic. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think. I think that's quite the case. Yeah. So it's a lot for her to handle. Um, she's got a husband who, I think she's a stay-at-home mum. Oh, no, she's not actually, but she, I think she's got paternity leave. Um, you can uh, tell from like, the first couple minutes of the film how stressful her life is, just trying to get her kids to school. And then the autistic wired is like kicking the back of her seat on a madness. And then they go to one car park and the kid's like, no, we need to go to the other car park. And then he starts screaming and crying and all sorts. And she's screaming and crying as well. And then she goes, they end up in the other car park. And then um, she like goes to the uh, the principal and talks about how basically her son is difficult. And you can tell that they don't want to deal with her son pretty much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she gives birth to... So at this point, she hasn't given birth. But then she does give birth to uh, a baby and you can there's like a hint uh of of conversation between i think her and her brother where he says something like along the lines of oh we don't want we don't want what happened last time to happen again where this is after he suggests that he that he hired them a night nanny night nanny night nurse whatever it's called night nanny yeah night nanny um so i took from that that they meant like depression of some kind or postpartum depression of some yeah. sort of something like that um, and so she eventually uh, gives in and quickly, sorry, I'm just quickly, I want to say this. 
do you think that her brother, the guy who plays her brother, who and, who, and the guy who plays her husband, look really similar? <laughs> um, yeah, I can I can see that. Mate, uh, honestly, when I watched it, I was thinking like, what was he her brother? Yeah, they <laughs> are. They, they do look quite similar, don't they? Mate, Tully. I did watch Tully. I was thinking. I was listening to you guys talking about this. I I watched that film. It's one of the guys, the guy in the league. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Mark yeah. Duplass. I, I think is his name. I thought I thought the actor was playing two roles at one point. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I know, aren't they meant to be twins though? Uh, no, because um, it's her brother, not his. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Do you know what they? Her actually... brother. So Mark Duplass plays Charlize Theron's brother, and then a guy called Ron Livingston plays her dad. Uh, 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 yeah. So alike. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So he hires her a night nurse um, called Tully, who basically comes. Um, and Charlize Theron's a bit uneasy about her being there kind of thing. Same with the husband. Well, I say the husband. The husband doesn't really give a shit because he's just going to work in the day, coming home at night, playing Xbox and that. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, eventually she settles into a groove with Tully. Tully kind of, like, helps her uh, uh, settle the baby, you know, because um, there was a point as well where it kind of, before, just before they hired the night nurse, where Charlize Theron's character's going through, like, a, routine 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 day to day and you see all the shit she's doing and how like it's taking a toll on her body at what point she i think she's milking the baby she watched tv and you just see a tear roll down her cheek because you think like this you can tell she this woman is stressed um mm. so yeah tully comes in helps out um charlie Theron's ca- characters re-energized she decides to start exercising you know um tully's making cakes for uh the boys class come his name um then the boy gets kicked out of school. She's left to find another school. She gets really uh, worked up about that. Um, and yeah, her and Tully develop like a, a strong bond. Um, at which point, I think after maybe after a month or two months, I don't know, they decide, um, her and Tully decide to go out for a drink. This is where I decided something was fishy. Um, <laughs> they go and Tully go out for a drink. They get drunk. Um, and at, then, at this point, I was like, Tully, you've been hired to look after the baby, not <laughs> not take. You know, I know she does when she joins. She says, "I'm here to look after you as well." But you know, you're, yeah. you don't drinking on the job, mate. You know what I mean, <laughs> it, actually, it wasn't this point. It was the point where um, she had sex with her husband. That was when I was like, "Okay, what the fuck?" Like, yeah, that was weird. Something mad is going on here. Um, yeah. Oh, hold on, one sec. Oh fuck, I'm getting cramped. Oh, Jesus. All right, anyway. Um, uh, what happens? Yeah, so they get drunk. Um, Charlize, Tully says to Charlize, oh, I have to leave you. It's time for me to go. Like, I'm not needed anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then Charlize is like, oh, she like kicks off, uh, rides a bike to her old friend's um, apartment or whatever, at which point Tully stops her from going in. They drive home. They are drunk. <laughs> so they crash into, I say they, they crash into the seat. Um, Charlie Stone character wakes up in hospital and you find out that Tully is an imaginary you find out that her last name, her maiden name is Tully and Tully is just a character that she made up in her head and she was never, there was never like anyone helping her Charlie Stone was doing all of this stuff by herself, basically being a super mom for however long, but she was suffering from like extreme exhaustion 
depression and whatnot. And her husband didn't even notice because like he'd never even seen the night nurse uh, at all, night nanny even at all. So I think he thought that she existed like we all did, but she didn't. It was just Charlize Theron who had had like a bit of a psychotic break, I guess. That's what confused me a little bit because obviously there's that initial conversation with her brother and he's like, yeah, do get the night nurse or night nanny. And then at that birthday party after they've had the, you know, the nookie, um, mm. doesn't her brother then say, so, sorry, her husband say to her brother like, oh, can we talk about that night nanny or something? Or like that night nanny's really working out. And I was like, oh, maybe it was her then. Mm. You know, so, yeah, that was... I can I can't remember. Do we figure out if there was actually a night nanny or not? No, it wasn't. It was her. It was it was a younger version of her in her imagination. Yeah, I got that. But like, so she was just she was just working to the bone. Yeah. And everyone yeah. okay. Yeah, her husband was useless. Honestly, this film was really good. Like I thought, you know, Charlize Theron's performance was really good. I really liked her chemistry with Mackenzie Davis, who played mm. Tully. Um, I thought I was frustrated that no one actually said that her son was autistic or, you know, um, actually diagnosed what was wrong with him because I was like, it's clearly, you know, yeah, clearly back, some back needs then, there. They called him quirky. But back then, did they know about autism? This film's like three years old. Yeah, yeah it's not, I don't think it's set it, in a particular it, time. It, huh? I don't think it's set in a particular time. This film. Yeah, I'm I'm my assumption was that it was set. My assumption, obviously, was it set a few years back, like 10 years back kind of thing. Oh, uh, I don't know. I still feel I like... Because he was playing Xbox, so I thought, oh, yeah, he's just... Uh... I feel like they would have known I... about, you know... I mean, maybe he doesn't have autism per se, but he's definitely kind of additional needs there. And it was frustrating for me that, you know, all these people are like, yeah, you know, he's just got bad behaviour and stuff. And maybe that is the point. Maybe the point is that there's not enough known about it or whatever, or, you know schools need to kind of deal with it better um but i thought yeah you know she portrayed a exhausted mother and wife pretty well um yeah i'm surprised she didn't get nominated for that actually she, i've definitely watched other films of hers and i just can't remember the did any of you see the twist coming that she was maybe in their head um y- yes from when do you know, the only point at which I figured it out was when, when she was the only one getting survived in the water. Okay. Like, no, like, obviously, the, she got pulled out and Tully didn't. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, at that point, I, I was like, hmm. I was like, that, I was like, I was like, that's fair stupid if she don't get pulled out. Hmm. I would say, I sus- well, I suspected something when she had, when she had sex with her husband. And then, at the point when um, they were at the bar, I just, I just, I didn't know what it was when they were at the bar slash when she went to the friend's house when they rode the bike to the friend's house. I was thinking something is going, something mad is going to happen. She, I just don't know what it is. There was something that was said either at the friend's house or at the bar actually that made me think um, something odd's happening here. Mm. What was said? Oh, shit. Well, all I can say is it took a very long time before I clocked on that thing. Um, very odd was happening. I think with films like this, you don't really expect them to have twists, do you? No. You just certain to be like a run-of-the-mill drama, and then because it would have been, it would have been perfectly fine as a film without that twist. I think it was just kind of 
cool to have that twist, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, shows what, like, some mothers go through. Like, like, and you don't even, like, a lot of people don't even notice, like, that their husband, I mean, that their partner's going through a madness. In it. Hmm. Damn, anyone see this Harry Kane third goal? Nah, mate. Follow. <laughs> um, so I just, I guess I'll read through some other kind of big films that she's been in. Obviously, Atomic Blonde. Um, I think, you know, I don't, did you rewatch that, Obes? Well, I watched it for the first time. I really liked oh, it. Oh, you hadn't seen it before? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of sick. Like. The female John Wick, isn't it? Or is that Yeah, literally. Yeah. No, I, was, I was so confused at the end. I didn't know who, what side she was on. I didn't, is she the bad guy or is she the good guy? I was so confused. I can't remember, mate. Saw it when it came out. And other than that, I haven't seen it since. But I would like to rewatch it. Good film, uh, man. I enjoyed it. Um, I think you mentioned Snow White and the Huntsman. She's also in the, the Win- Huntsman yeah. Winter's War. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Although, uh, supposedly, she won't be in the prequel. Because um, they want to cast someone younger. Um, just, can't I just do... Yeah, anyway. A bit of a slap in the teeth, but... Hey ho! Like, um, did you just say bombshell? No, that was a while ago, mate. Fast and Furious. Uh, uh, no, not that one. Mad Max Fury Road. No, before that. Uh, Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde, Huntsman. Atomic Blonde. Oh, it's not free though. Uh, she was also in Prometheus, which I haven't seen yeah. for years. Watch that, She's in Aeon Flux, which I ain't seen. Apparently it's crap, that film. I don't know if I'm terrible. Mm. And then upcoming, she's going to be in Fast 9, playing Cypher again. So, yeah, I think, you know, <gasps> another very good choice from us. Uh, I was going to ask a couple of questions, if that's all right. Yeah, 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 sure. So, like, uh, what do you, of the ones, you, of the films you've watched, what do you think, what's your favourite film? Um, what's her best performance and what's, her, and what's the worst film, I guess? Worst film, Gringo. <laughs> um, her best performance I mean you could sort of got to say Monster because she won it yeah. but I would also say Tully I think mm. her performance was very authentic in that I sort of you know really did kind of you know, uh, believe in her and my mm. favourite film um, of the ones that I watched recently Tully but Probably before that, Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Chris? Um, worst film... Well, I don't know about worst film. Probably Mad Max Fury Road. Really? Um, yeah, but I haven't really seen as many of you as you guys have seen, so... Um, what, do you like that film? Yeah, it's alright. It's not definitely the worst film in our catalogue. Not by, not by long shot. Right, take it back. I've just seen <laughs> one. That, Maybe that, long shot is <laughs> a million ways to die in the West. That was oh, yeah. um her worst performance out of the ones I could that I've recently watched. It probably has to be Hancock actually. Yeah. Uh, best performance would probably have to be either Devil's Advocate or or Monster. And what well, is that? It? Is that all of them? I think so. Okay, yeah, Oh, your favourite film of hers? Of hers? Um, uh, uh, I 
did really enjoy Tully, actually. So maybe I'll say Tully. What are you, Ives? Uh, I would say the worst film. Probably between Gringo and Snow White. The Huntsman. Um, the best film, I'll say either, either Tully or The Old God. I'll probably say... I'll say The Old God because I really enjoyed The Old God. Um, and her best performance, I think, yes, to like Glenn says, between Tully and Monster, I think I'll probably go with Monster because, yeah. Mm. Even like, like the accent she was putting on, like all sorts, I think, just like, yeah, she's completely unrecognizable like, in that film. So, yeah. She did actually get um, nominated for a Golden Globe for Tully. Oh, decent. Decent. Yeah, no, she's, you know, three-time Academy Award nominee, one-time winner, um, has her own production company, seems to champion kind of, you know, female directors as well as important female stories. So I think she's a very important actress um, from lots of those points of views. Also, like we said, uh, I think Obi, you said it early on, very versatile. She does comedy, independent, franchise. She can lead films. Um, she can also play the side character you know she's just yeah very versatile and also there's a, a link with will smith in the legend of bag of Arts, which yeah so yeah i mean uh was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with regards to charlie's theron a very good actress agree yeah i would not be surprised if she wins another oscar at some point in the future mm. Um, I'm sort of surprised she hasn't because a lot of her performances are very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I feel like we've not done like a regular pod for a while, but I don't know whether you guys have, have been watching kind of just normal TV or films or have you just been focusing mostly on... What would you do as a regular pod though? Because like usually there's a lot well, of really... Or you guys have gone to cinema and we discuss it. Yeah, well, that's... I mean... You know, Netflix is still pumping stuff out. I've watched The Five Bloods and I've seen, I've started watching Prison Break. So there's a few things. Just quickly, Glenn. Sorry. Quickly. Yeah. What did you think of The Five Bloods? Um, I thought it was all right. Um, I thought there were some really strong performances. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure if I enjoyed, if I thought it was great. I don't think, I think, I don't think it was quite as good as Black Klansman. But yeah, we could discuss that. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a massively long one, but um, just gives us a chance because the last, you know, since lockdown, we've basically been focusing on either specific genres or specific actors. So I just, I feel like there might have been some things that we've not talked about. Um, should, should we all talk about, um, should we all watch um, Slenderman? Slenderman? Yeah. Obi's going to love that. I know. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a series that's come out on Netflix. I've not seen it. It's called Warrior Nun. I was like... It's sick. Hey, Warrior Nun is... Warrior he's, actually, is he's actually good. No. Shut up, Obi. <laughs> Glenn. Glenn. Uh, believe me when I say it, you will hate it. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like... But... But... Yeah, it's crap. sick. No, it's crap. They're scraping the barrel, man. They're like, oh, God, we've... Like no, no people writing. Well, you're not, it's sick. What do we do? No, oh. Don't laugh. Don't 
lie, man. Don't lie. Chris, how much have you watched? Like four episodes. Allow it. Nah, you ain't watched enough, mate. It's the end. Be fair. Like, uh, I've only watched one and a half. I thought I watched four. That's how long it was. I'll there trust, you go, see? I'll trust your judgment, Obes. I also yeah, you won't like it. tried to rewatch my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's dreadful. Oh, shut up, Glenn. Yeah, man. Honestly, you need to get to episode 15. Oh, mate. <laughs> that's such a slog. <laughs> so, why are these fucking American shows so long? Yeah. 22 episodes of 45 minutes. No way. I've not got time for that. Very nice. Well, like car, though. All right, well, maybe we'll do, we'll just do like a normal pod next week where we can discuss some of the other things. That, that we, What's that, uh, Chris? I was going to say, there must be a way that we could, watch, there must be a way we can watch a certain few things. Like all, all of us watch the same certain few things and then talk about additional things as well. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at what's newly released or upcoming on Netflix and, and Prime and, you know, any other things like Wait. that. July 31st on Predator Academy Series 2. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching that. Cool. All right. Well, that concludes our Charlie's Theron chat. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at YCPodcast17 and uh, anywhere else under Ravage Critics. And uh, join us next time. I like the fact that that's your your new catchphrase. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Peace.